Oh boy. Time for the council roundup. Was uh, quite the uh, quite the long meeting. Two hours, forty minutes or so. Oh, good lord. Yeah. So, oh boy. Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the council roundup. Some of the um, maybe um, <laughs> under the some of the easy for you to say um, misunderstood. All right, so uh, what are we going to do today? Well, how about we uh, get to a citizen addressing the council and said some things that Alderman thought was disrespectful. Oh, well. Save that for the tail end. We also are going to get an update on whether or not we should get a sports facility, Ray. Remember oh, that conversation? Yeah. So that popped up last having, night. All right. Uh, and then... We'll also uh, hear about the Lincoln Land uh, Charity Championship, the web.com tour. All right. And how much money the taxpayers are going to give that group, even though they just finished up their tournament. All the right. Uh, but first, let's uh, get into zoning. That's pr- partly why the um, council meeting was so long last night. Whenever they do That's zoning, zoning it tends always to, elongates right. the meeting. Uh, they did have a, uh, uh executive session last night let's see how long that puppy was we're talking about a good uh 25 minute long executive session so thankfully i was listening to that on uh like four times speed just to get them back into their positions (laughs) uh so yeah for people who don't know i I listened to the meeting wednesday mornings and i have an app on my phone that speed it up that will speed it up so i can listen to a two and a half hour meeting in almost half the time uh, so that's that's how we uh, get the council roundup ready for all of you fine listeners and supporters of this wonderful program. Uh, but let's get into uh, some zoning. Dollar General, all right? Remember this whole saga? Well, they approved it, and then they thought about it and said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And so they were trying to unapprove it after having approved it. Uh, that's what was going on with it. So last night, that was brought up, and there wasn't a motion to um, vote it down. There was just a motion for discussion. So let's hear about uh, some of those who are from Dollar General to take Alderman's concerns. Dennis Albeck, District Manager. Thank you. Eddie Palmasano, Regional Director. Hey, Eddie Palmasano. Jacob Stauffer with the Overland Group. We're the company that actually owns the property that's in discussion here. All right. So they had uh, some big wigs there right, from Dollar General. After uh, Was Eddie Palmasano there to keep anyone from uh, causing any... Ruckus. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the mayor kind of lays out what's up. So through that process, uh, it came up with regards to questioning of the maintenance of the uh, land, not necessarily what you're under construction, but other ones throughout the city. And it's been an ongoing problem, as well as uh, trash and things of that nature. And I think um, I've been talking to several individuals. There's some remedies uh, going into the future. I Going into the future, so they've got some assurances. But we've heard those assurances brought up before, especially from, like, Alderwoman Turner, who said, listen, we've heard these things, and nothing's ever happened. You guys come in here and promise stuff, and then we approve it, and then it just all falls apart. Uh, Well, here's Dollar Dollar General, some of their um, uh, representatives. We learned about this issue two weeks ago when I when I got the newspaper article sent to me. So I'm happy to give my cell phone to anyone here. Um, and, and if there's ever a problem, you can call me. I'm sure these gentlemen will be happy to do the same. So they're going to hand out some cell phone numbers so they can get a quicker response from 
the higher ups within Dollar General. Well, the problem was the trash, right? They said that trash, unkept properties, overgrown grass, mm-hmm. just bad landscaping, and so on. What things that have been discussed is we're willing to go to some of these stores that need masonry dumpster enclosures and lockable dumpster enclosures to keep people out of the trash. We'll make sure that that happens one way or the other, um, whether we do it or we do it in partnership with Dollar General. Um, we'll make sure that there are lockable dumpster enclosures so you don't get trash strewn on specific stores, including the store on, on 11th and Ash. So they're going to get some lockable so dumpsters. People from the neighborhood come in and get into the trash. Get them in the trash and throw stuff around all over the place and so on. And I'll tell you that we have had struggles here. So I've been here two years, and I know what the struggles have been. And I feel like we've made strides in the stores to improve, especially with Dennis being here and being on top of it. Just increase your trash. And my commitment that we will do the right thing in these stores and get them right. So they're there saying, man, we're going to get it right. We're going to make things right. Have the trash haulers come an extra day a week. Something, right. Uh, Alderman McMiniman, last week, if you recall, he said he had a punch list of like 10 items of at stores. He, of course he, he lays out some of those. So, um, there's Not even his cut grass on the edges, weeds everywhere as tall as, you know, one or two feet tall in, in areas in the beds. There was dead wood in the, in the one mature tree. There was dead wood on the ground, uh, limbs that had been there for months. What's he driving um, over there? There yeah, was he, uh, bushes yeah. uh, not trimmed what for about two years. Stay in your own ward. Um, next to the this in is and out no, he's got a, he's, he's, he has a dollar general there holes as deep that he says he frequents. And a foot wide. They're trapping vehicles during the winter months when the snow does not make these potholes. Is this his ward? Yeah. It's and ward two that he's going well, on. He said, he said that the, these problems, some of these problems also pop up at the other dollar generals that he's, he's toured and visited. Uh, Alderwoman Turner. Not just to cut the grass, but to mulch and trim, and you know, so it looks compatible with the rest of the neighborhood, as well as fencing and uh, dumpster locks and and those kinds of things, and also a mandate on the um, individual stores that they do police <coughs> the uh, you know the parking lots on a daily on a daily basis. And I've seen uh, after I left what last Wednesday when we had this in the council roundup. Uh, when I was driving down Clear Lake to head to the Capitol, I saw a Dollar General employee right out there just before you get to Martin Luther King Drive on Clear Lake. There's a Dollar General that just built. And they were out in the parking lot sweeping and picking up garbage. What, so, do, they, what do they sell at this Dollar General? They're, they're making it seem like they're selling uh, hand grenades or something. <laughs> yeah. Don't they just sell regular items? Yeah, something. Uh, Alderwoman Turner says she's not against the DG. Right. She's not against Dollar General. I, I do believe that they serve a useful purpose, and they do, and there is a market for for them. I'm not concerned about where they're located because they're all over the place. She said, "Yeah, she there's of ten wards, there's a Dollar General in eight of them. Jeez, all right, that's a lot of Dollar Generals." Uh, my issue was pure and simple that they needed to be more compatible and better and better neighbors. And then you get uh, how this whole issue is coming to a head, not just for Dollar General, but for a whole bunch of other businesses that are now going to be in the sights of aldermen looking at, you know, getting a ruler out to measure how tall the grass is, oh, for God. instance. A bunch of Budnitskis. Here's uh, Alderman Redpath. But this is a message to the rest of the community that Dollar General just happened to be the poster child on this one, and no offense, but that's just the way it happened to be. But uh, when I did drive by a couple of them, I seen some businesses right next door that had grass two foot tall. So... Guess what? Everybody needs to open their eyes because this is going to be something we're going to keep our city clean and we're going to do our best to make sure that stores are maintained. And I think it's going to also uh, 
generate some new rules that we're going to put put in place oh for boy. people who are habitual problems. Yeah, boy. Sounds like they're picking on this Dollar General. Like I said, I've never been there, but habitual line steppers. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just got a note from a source. There are 14 Dollar Generals wow. in well. Springfield. That's more than there are uh, CVSs. I think that's more than McDonald's. Holy cow. There's a lot of them. It's a lot. Uh, Alder Woman Simpson. So none of us get paid enough. We have yeah. to go to Dollar General. Who the person responsible is and uh, the person that we can get in contact with without having to go through uh, layers and layers uh, to get to who we need to get to to make sure that uh, our concerns are being heard. So everybody had their voices heard, and then they did nothing with the ordinance. <laughs> so they did. They kept. They kept what they passed in place. So the Dollar General is going to be able to build there. Get a fifteenth right. Dollar General, I think. Holy cow! Well, um, I didn't realize there were that many Dollar Generals. Yeah, I know that, that's a lot. Uh, coming back, we'll hear the Treasurer's report, All right. and then we'll jump right in to whether or not Springfield, Illinois needs a large sports complex and the it, benefits from that. It sounds like the re- re- way they can get it done is put a Dollar General in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 721. <laughs> now back with more Council Roundup. Let's hear how um, the city's finances are doing. All right. The one, the only, Treasurer Misty Busher. Thank you, Mayor Langfelder. The corporate fund in the month of May had a beginning balance of $7,628,716. We took in total receipts of $11,277,675. We had total disbursements of $11,702,276, which left the corporate fund with an ending balance in the month of May of $7,204,115. This concludes my report, Mayor Langfelder. We got cash on hand. Awesome. And I remember when those reports were not pretty. Uh, I do remember that, yeah. Oh, gosh. They had like $7 million <laughs> deficit or something. It was crazy. Oof. All right. Um, now the moment everybody's been waiting for. Should Springfield, Illinois get a mega sports complex? Well, should we or, sh- or shan't we? Now, this guy uh, showed up and he spoke. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm serious. Like, it was the majority of last night's meeting. We're talking oh, 45 minutes or something. What? Yeah, he gave a, like a 40 minute presentation. <laughs> We're not having that. Uh, so, here, here's uh, the guy who showed up uh, with this study. Thanks for the introduction. As mentioned, my name's Dan Morton. I'm a strategic advisor with the Sports Facilities Advisory. Appreciate you taking the time. Let me present um, what has been a couple months of uh, deep dive and in-depth analysis that we've been doing with the team. So full disclosure here, uh, he not only is part of a team that will evaluate whether your area is ripe for a mega sports complex, but Ray, his company also helps manage those oh. types of complexes. So... Mm-hmm. Just putting that out there while you think about this. Uh, so he, it's by my service as well as check the study out. Okay. Right. So here's Dan. So we were engaged for um, to produce by the city to produce a market opportunity report related to the development of new sport or enhancement of or development of new sports tourism facilities. So where are people going to be coming from for a new enhanced sports facility? So we, 30- pay, we paid them to. Yeah. All right. 
or 30, out to 30 minutes sub-regionally in 60 minutes and then uh, regionally about 240 or four hour uh, drive time for what's the volume of people that could potentially participate in this facility. So they're looking at people who are 30 minutes away, people who are 90 minutes away, people who are four hours away, and they ultimately uh, did come to a conclusion that, hey, there's a possible feasibility here for this. Uh, what kind of uh, courts would they be setting up? Here's the recommendation. From a court perspective, based on the facilities that are out there, based on the events and based on the region, we believe there's demand for between six and ten court facility to meet that demand and, and generate significant tourism. What we've recommended, because we're not only focused on generate the most heads and beds, we're also focused on what's operationally optimized and limiting um, subsidy requirements and hopefully being self-sustaining, right? So we have to balance those two things. So what about um, baseball diamonds? How many of those? Well, we've recommended a total of eight fields, different sizes, so you can use them in different ways. But a total of eight fields that can be up to 12 of your smaller fields to meet that, that demand. Now, the facility has an overall capability that, uh, that he lays out. We'll actually get to that after the news, and we'll also hear from uh, some of the various aldermen about this idea uh, and how much the city taxpayer going to have to cover. And where's it going to go? Did they, where's did it going to go? Think about that? No, that was not necessarily laid out there in uh, crystal clear style. So uh, we'll hear more of that conversation coming up. And Stay tuned. This was the study, by the way, that that was that was paid for by the city. Yes. Uh, and they said this study's coming, so there's no reason for the east side to have their own study. Right. All right. Two-hour, 40-minute meeting last night. A lot of that was talking about a sports complex. Mm-hmm. So we had Dan from a group that researches this stuff, but he also is from a group that manages sports Dan facilities. Dan the complex, man. And he talked about... Um, it wouldn't just be for sporting events that this type of complex could support. It could also uh, help the city in a variety of other capacities. That can be used for basketball and volleyball and cheer and dance, but can also be used to accommodate consumer shows and trade shows and potential overflow from convention centers and things like that. Certainly, this isn't recommended to be built with the same finishes as a convention center would, um, but it has that open space for events that can be beneficial from a city perspective, but also then from a revenue and heads and beds perspective. So it wouldn't replace the Bank of Springfield Center, for instance. Right. Because it wouldn't have, like, you know, individual little rooms that you could do breakout sessions in and all that jazz. Uh, so, again, he talked for, like, 40-plus minutes, gave a bunch of stats, numbers, figures, and all this. We're not going to go into that. Uh, instead, we're just going to get right to uh, the gist of this. Here's uh, Alderman Redpath. So is our community viable for a sports complex without uh, a joint partnership between all entities like the school district, the park district, the, the county, the city, the medical facilities, if we don't put those kind of packages together, how do we put this together? Yeah, um, from our perspective, uh, you know, where we are today, we can't tell you if it's feasible or not, right, if you put it together. That would be what we recommend studying as next steps. But the facilities that we see moving forward have as many of those partners involved in them as possible. And so you're becoming more likely feasible if those partnerships are put together. So if they bring in the medical district to invest, if they bring in the banks to come in and invest, they have different types of partnerships, um, including public tax dollars involved. I'm sure, yeah. Oh, then, yeah, it would be viable. It would be viable. Um, here's more from Redpath. 
there's got to be a level of what kind of what kind of private money has to be brought into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you don't have private money, you're wasting your time, right? Yeah, and you, you saw examples of uh, facilities that don't have private money, but that was the decision of that community to invest those dollars because they were available. So it's about how much is going to be available altogether. Uh, and it's not something you're going to want to have tax dollars dump a bunch of money into if it's not going to have any kind of matching private dollars. Uh, if not, have it fully uh, paid for by private dollars. Uh, but Alderwoman Turner uh, asks the question that's really kind of, you know, up in the air here. Was this a site-specific yeah. study or was this just a general study? One of the things that came out of the study is that it definitely uh, demonstrates that there is a significant void um, in, a, in specific sections of Springfield for uh, inter facilities. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. So where is this thing going to go? It's still up in the air. Uh, Alderman Hanauer uh, raises a good point. There are already some similar types of facilities in the area. Yeah. And he pointed to, um, what, Spartan Park in Chatham? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's a... That's a, a turf uh, facility out there in Chatham. Uh, Spartan Park. It's, it's in Chatham. It's just right out on... Right on the edge of town. It's for sale. And, and they have a lot of tournaments and, and all that. The last I heard, it was for sale. You know, um, my concern is, and I'm a big sports guy, trust me. I, I'm, is that better than I, being a turtle I, person? But my concern <laughs> is, is, you know, if these places, and they were privately funded, if, if, if they can't make it, you know, what, what makes, you know, we spend $60 million dollars and all of a sudden, if these places can't make it, what makes this for sure? Uh, for sure, a lot of uh, again questions about this whole idea. Um, here is Dan from the sports research. A lot of examples of how these facilities haven't worked, and that's why it's so important that the right entities are at the table that benefit in the right way to potentially create a project that could work with a partnership. He says more, um, and going out using relationships that, you know, in our case that we have with tournament organizers across the country and in this region, but there's also things like trade shows. And so there's trade shows like the National Association of Sports Commissions, which actually just got its name changed to Sport Event and Facilities Conference, but it's where municipalities and facilities go to talk to tournaments rights, right holders and negotiate bringing events in. And so within facilities, we have specific marketing budgets and specific dollars place for tournament business development, specific resources to do that, as well as leveraging the organizations that are exist to promote destinations. And even more. So as I mentioned before, we're not recommending a $60 million facility, but that's the amount of all the different assets that we believe should be analyzed. And then the plan to put together would be what's the right next step to get the best bang for your buck, essentially, right? If you were to spend dollars or tourism dollars or private dollars or whatever, what would be the best um, return on those uh, from a facilities perspective? And so we would recommend going forward with that feasibility analysis um, so that the More facility money. can be right size, the study. operation can be optimized, oh, and the right hey. business model can be determined. Another study. So the study produced the need for another study, mm -hmm. essentially. That's that's what More I'm money for his company, right? So if this results, this facility isn't going to be operationally sustainable, we'll tell you that. But only so you know, okay, we have this bogey operationally. We need to Why either say, okay, it's study? not going to make sense for us, or 
create a partnership that covers that or makes that less so we or can't whatever. Tell you if it's going to so work, but you're going to pay us more money. What the right right, right, right. Why do they? Why do they? Why didn't we just skip the first yeah, study? Why and get we right just go to right to the second study? study? <laughs> make some, Save some money. <laughs> makes no sense. Unbelievable. I'm sick. Oh, these study studies. after study after I, study. Why, I'm in the wrong business. We need to be. I should be doing studies. Uh, Unlimited money. All right. So uh, they got that presentation, and they are uh, probably going to put that study up on a uh, shelf somewhere <clears throat> to collect dust. Uh, now it we, seems like you need a facility that has a lot of basketball courts. That's what he's doing. Yeah, and some baseball, diamonds, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, let's hear from uh, Alderman McMiniman about the Lincoln Land Championship uh, golf tournament that just finished up. If you recall last week, they had a $30,000 ask. They reduced it to $15,000. Mm-hmm. But then they came back last night and said, oh, we're bumping it back up to $30,000. And here's, we want Al- that 30. here's Alderman McMiniman. And their recommendation is 15,000. And I think it's important for us to respect that grassroots. I think it's a 15 member body that. Ma- That's the uh, tourism board that uh, takes these requests in that was spurred on by these types of requests coming at a frenzy. That recommendation to us. And if we're going to ignore them, I think we're setting a bad precedent because uh, why have a, a grassroots organization giving us advice if we're not going to follow it? or, um, you know, just dip into another pocket of money to um, support this. So I, I wish I hadn't had to say this, but I wasn't expecting an amendment to come out tonight because we discussed this a week ago, and I thought we had it finalized, and now we've got a, another discussion. So um, I guess the other point of view has to be expressed. So uh, Kate Peters, one of the organizers with the golf tournament, was there last night, and uh, she said, listen, this thing brings a lot of attention to spring. Um I respect your opinion, Alderman McMenamin, but I also would tell you that I believe that this tournament has a home here for a long time, but I also believe it's going to take some investment from the city to help make it happen. Now, having covered the city council for as long as I have, I do remember multiple years of requests for this golf tournament coming, and somebody just texted me to remind me that she has been telling the city council at length multiple times each year why they should give her more money because she's just about ready to make the tournament self-sufficient. Two years ago, McMiniman and other aldermen were good in giving them money, but they were going to reduce it by half each year. And then it says LMOA. Uh, McCarty's so good, he set the double money back last year for her this year. And that's kind of what the conversation was last night. There were questions about, well, we got this group that's telling us to only spend 15000 because we've only budgeted, I think, like 70000 for various sponsorships for a variety of different things. So we need to look at at this group that we formed to field these requests, but they're kind of going against that by increasing the request amount from fifteen to thirty thousand. Uh, so you've got Alderman um, uh, Alderwoman Turner asking questions of McCarty. You know, uh, the budget director, where's this money going to come from? And McCarty essentially said that they penciled it in the budget. They penciled in all the previous requests, not as a specific line item, just kind of penciling it in. Right. All right. Uh, We'll hear a reference to that coming up. But here's uh, Alderwoman Turner. And please don't take my comments as I don't support the tournament because I I do. I think it's a great opportunity for Springfield. However, we took a lot of pains and went through a lot of back and forth. You and I went through a lot of back and forth (laughs) to put that tourism advisory group together. And this is the very first opportunity for them to weigh in on a project. So with the very first opportunity that they have to weigh in on a project, if we're going to 
discount and disrespect their work, then why why are we even going through this? Ex why go through this exercise? It's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question. Why well, put something together just not listen to them? Yeah. Um, and we, we shouldn't expect them to rubber stamp stuff. I mean, aldermen are the, the last kind of line of defense, so to speak. But uh, this is not this is rubber stamping with a, an additional red pen saying, oh, let's put in $15,000 more. Um, so they get to the votes and whether or not there's more discussion. <laughs> Any other discussion on the amendment? I'm going to vote we disband the tourism advisory. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm voting. Any other discussion on the amendment? Just pencil it in. Just pencil it in. <laughs> the ordinance passes as amended, seven voting yes, none or three voting no. Is there any unfinished business coming before the council? Yeah, can we get uh, Alderman Simpson a new computer? Yep. <laughs> Need to put that in the budget. Aye. <laughs> is it penciled in or is it in there for real? I'll find the money, Alderman. Alderman. Yeah. I'll find the money. McCarty says he'll find he'll Any find other? money. Oh boy. This is City Budget Director Bill McCarty, and you're listening to Ray Lytle's Council Roundup. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the end of the meeting, Ray. Yeah. Where uh, there were several people who addressed aldermen. One of them was a bit angry about trash, about crime, essentially saying that the aldermen are getting paid for nothing, he says. And got into a little bit of a heated exchange. Community service in the, in, in the neighborhoods two. on the east side of Springfield for many, many, many I years. And it, and it, and it I don't get paid and for it my did, services. And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen. I don't get paid for my services. I don't get paid for my services. And please. it didn't happen because I was. Me I'm wrong for and it didn't I happen because I'm, I was elected. And it didn't happen because I was elected to an office. I was elected, it, it, that, that, my activity precedes that. And you're talking about walking the neighborhoods, yeah, we all do that. We all, all day, every day, we all do that. So if you would get with the Deputy Chief, uh, if you'd get with oh, Deputy no. Chief Hanley, we'd appreciate it. All the Simpson. That's extremely disrespectful, and that should yeah, not be it tolerated. Is. I, you know, I... I Hey, uh, oh my God! You leave, please, thank you. So yeah, that was a nice way to cap. Your disrespectful. Your disrespectful. Says they're getting paid for nothing. Getting paid for nothing. Says. Uh, that's your council roundup. Thank you, Greg. That's council roundup on the Real Little Morning Show. Uh, Seven good threes time. We got sports four one one coming up. Culver's West on Wabash has crispy golden cheese curds and perfectly seasoned onion rings. At Culver's West on Wabash. Flash flood watch until one thirty.